Friday morning, made all the sweeter by the presence of Deb Hutton on the morning brief. It's nice to have you. Good morning. Ah, what a nice thing to say to me to start my day. Well, it's always nice to have you. And you're always, you know, spot on when you arrive in terms of the energy and uh, ebullience that you bring to the table. Some people can be a little sleepy. Oh, I get up too early to be sleepy at 6.15, John. Okay. Uh, Deficit ballooning in the mini-budget. I'm somewhat astonished at the numbers yesterday. And, you know, Peter Bethlenfalvy is going to be here at 8.20 to talk about it. But I do worry. Well, and uh, the Minister of Finance, when he does come, will not be surprised to hear me say, I don't like this, because <laughs> this is a bit of a broken record for me. I get it. Their revenues are down. These are very unique times. Uh, the interest rate hikes, I think, uh, were have been somewhat surprising. I mean, how many have we had in the last year and a bit? Uh, so, so I understand that it's difficult and your revenues are down. But their expenses are up, and that's where I part company with the the general direction here uh, of the of the update that the minister brought forward yesterday. There's lots of stuff in it I love. I do like the infrastructure bank. I think we have such a deficit in infrastructure in this province, and I always give kudos to the Ford government for all of the building that they're doing. But I would have liked to have seen a little nod to spending reduction. Speaking of the economy in Ontario, Justin Trudeau all of a sudden has gone cold on EV, uh, well, let's say subsidies to EV car plants. And I'm not, I can't quite figure out why it's now that he's decided to draw the line after handing out so much cash before. Well, and, and that is, you know, therein lies the problem. When you start down the path, and let's call it what it is, of corporate welfare, then you end up, the old saying is, you know, you pick losers and winners every time you do this. The entire country with the support of the federal government and the individual provincial governments, in this case, Ontario, would have been far better to have had sectoral aid for electrical electric vehicle manufacturing. So whether that's tax breaks for a period of time, whatever it looks like, it should have been a either a subsidy or, as I said, a tax break or some form of assistance across the entire sector, not saying we'll pick you guys and you guys, but Toyota, not you. You're a little too late to the party. And that's why I don't like it as a a philosophy. I never have. I was looking at some of the figures, and I think if I remember correctly, it was a subsidy that would amount, I mean, that we've done previously, I guess, for Volkswagen, to about $4,500 per car. And I'm thinking, it always kind of flies up my nose, the idea of paying a company that turns a profit already money to do something. Yeah. And listen, I never loved the subsidy to individual purchasers either. It's just not something that that I like. If you want to encourage, as the Ford government has done, as the federal government until now had done, uh, the the notion of building an electric vehicle sort of hub here in Ontario, fantastic idea. But just don't do it individually. Do it uh, across the sector. Sectoral assistance, in my view, has always been the way to go. NDP is going to vote with the Conservatives on a motion calling for the carbon tax uh, to be waived on all home heating fuels. This is a real mess. And also, if the NDP is going to vote with the Conservatives, why don't they just bring the government down? No, because they don't want an election. I I mean, this is, again, the problem in the first place, John, with them propping up the Liberal government. I think it was a huge mistake on on Jagmeet's part. Um, 
Now, it's smart of them today or on Monday to vote with the Conservatives, but they also won't, I don't believe, make it a confidence motion, which means they can vote and take credit in their own minds uh, and maybe for some of their constituents for supporting this motion, which is a smart, smart motion on the part of Polyev, but not end up uh, hitting the, the lawn signs next week. So you're right. It's a complete mess. And I do not understand what the liberals were thinking when they brought it forward. We have, we have a property in rural Ontario, as you know, our, our, our farm is in Niagara. And our option, because we took out heat pumps 20 years ago because they were so expensive, our option is propane. And it is costing a fortune. And listen, we may not be in the same situation as some families where heating your primary residence is a big deal, but I can tell you if you are in rural Ontario and you have propane as we do and it's your primary residence, it is a whopping, whopping bill. And why shouldn't you get a break if Eastern Canada gets a break on on oil? And it's probably not going to stop with home heating uh, products either. This reminds me of debates we've had over the years as concerns the uh, HST. And I always remember somebody arguing, you shouldn't have an HST on a casket because everybody needs one casket and it's ghoulish. And I thought, well, if you want to start the argument, then there's a bucket of things we could not charge taxes on. Yeah, I mean, feminine hygiene products was a debate for a long time. There, there are a million things. The difference, though, with this, John, because HST is generally across the board, minus the little, you know, carves out. I love this term, carve outs that yeah. we now use for this. Um, but the problem with the carbon tax one is that it has this morality attached to it from the federal government. And that's what makes it different. Either you believe, as Trudeau says he does, in fixing the environment, or you don't. And for those of us who didn't like the carbon tax in the first place, we don't. And uh, Polyev is on solid ground for many voters in this country with his axe, the tax. So that's what makes this particular carve out, I'll use it again, mm-hmm. uh, different because it comes with a, you know, an ethical and, and, and moral background to it. Senator Percy Down, who is a liberal, was on the Vashi Capello's show yesterday talking about why they had penned a column saying that maybe it's time for Justin Trudeau to contemplate another walk in the snow. There's Let's a listen. sense uh, in the Liberal Party that there should be a discussion about where the party is going, and that discussion should be over the next 16 weeks. In case Justin decides not to run again, um, there will be time for a leadership and a new and a new uh, leader to step forward. Okay, uh, it's a bit of a Caesar situation, it would seem. Although only one person's wielding a knife at the moment. Well, and this is a 20-year unelected senator, so I don't put a lot of stock in it, even though I'm no fan of the Liberal Party and Justin Trudeau. The best part is actually to listen not only to his interview with Vashi yesterday, but our friend Scott Reed was on the Jim Richards show last night talking about why this 16 weeks is an issue. It's because he somehow thinks that Justin is going to take the same walk in the snow on uh, February the 29th, 2024, as his dad did. That's where the 16 weeks come from. So I think that concept, as Scott pointed out last night, is everything you need to know about Percy Down. Well, it would be oddly poetic, though, wouldn't it, at the very least, if Justin Trudeau serves, I mean, his father served longer, but if he goes for a walk in the snow in a leap year and decides that's it, I'm out. 
Well, I could do with less poetry in politics. Oh, I like a little poetry in my politics. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> okay, so Toronto faith leaders writing a collective letter to the federal government calling on the government to do more for asylum seekers. And in particular, I think most of us are so familiar now with the visual of all of those people camped out in front of the referral center on Peter Street. And, you know, it's certainly in line with uh, acting within your faith. Yeah, and but here's the problem, John. While it is wonderful, and I will always support community engagement uh, on these issues, because I think community does it better than government in many ways, the federal government needs to step up. 40% of people in our shelters in Toronto are refugee claimants waiting to be processed or waiting for their claim to be heard. I went on this morning the Immigration Refugee Board website. The projected wait to have your claim heard in this country is 24 months with an additional 12 months to hear an appeal. That's the problem. That is three full years the projected time, let alone what the reality is, three full years for people without, in many cases, a job, without housing. I mean, this has to stop. The federal government has to process you at Pearson Airport, get that claim moving. That is absolutely asinine, quite frankly. And no, but John, it, it, the problem is it's costing a fortune. And yes, we will take refugees. And yes, we will take asylum seekers. But we have to figure out whether they have legitimate legitimate claims and then get them into a job, get them into housing that they themselves can afford. Okay, not a lot of time on the clock, but I know you flagged that you found this one fascinating. 18 teachers who walked out of a school because they have concerns over cell phone tower radiation. And, you know, I mean, if cell phone radiation or Wi-Fi actually affected our health, we'd all be dead. Well, none of these teachers better have a cell phone, let me tell you that. And I doubt that is the case. They've not filed a Ministry of Labor claim. 18 of them, so irresponsible. Think about the kids. This is this makes my blood boil, as you can tell. It is absolutely ridiculous. We have a massive absentee problem in our school, a longer topic, schools, uh, a longer topic for another day, John. But we have so many kids who routinely, routinely, have teachers who are away and it's got to stop and we need to fix that part of the system because it's costing not only a gob of cash to taxpayers but it is really hurting our kids education well they're this always so yeah, irresponsible. they're welcome to fashion and wear a tinfoil hat well and like no ministry of labor claim come on this is this is about a long weekend and about some sort of ridiculous fight that sh they shouldn't have thanks a lot good to have you Take care, John. Deb Hutton on the morning brief.